0: So, Matt, since Michael has been homeschooled for a while now, I've realized that Ashley is the one that has to help him with all the math stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I learned I can't drink and derive.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. Had a headache today. Yeah, is that I, I? got it to go away right before we started the show.
0: Well, that's good. Oh, so,
1: yeah. I pounded uh, everything I could to take care of a headache, and finally worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> caffeine
0: works best for me. If I have a headache, I just gotta uh, slam some caffeine in me, and I'll be all right.
1: Well, I'm I'm drinking tea, and that that is, honestly, that's about all we have in this house that's got caffeine in it, other than coffee. And right. I didn't really want to drink coffee this late, <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't, it doesn't really keep me awake anymore, but at my age, it makes me have to get up, and go to the bathroom in the <laughs> middle of recording, so right. I have to be careful.
0: <laughs> right. well, and we're going to have to, both of us, I think, uh, if the episodes get any longer, keep buckets <laughs> beside the chairs here.
1: Yeah, I was, I was driving home and I was like, oh. It's like maybe if I stopped and got an energy drink, it would help. And so I stopped, and I had to pick up some things at the grocery store, um, which is now a a freaking adventure going to the. Oh, grocery yeah, store. Oh yeah, man. Um, you know it, it's like you know I've got to I got to put on a mask and the gloves and mm-hmm. you know uh, avoid everybody that comes anywhere near me. Yep. And you know I'm I'm milling through the grocery store, and and I get to the checkout. And I'm trying to get home because I'm trying to get ready to to get set up to record, and I and I didn't buy an energy drink. No, <laughs> oh, jeez. <sighs> <laughs> well, but I get I, I get I get home and Amanda's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" And I was like, "I've got a headache, and it feels like somebody's hitting me in the head with a hammer." And and I don't typically get headaches, so when mm. I get one, I want it gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, talking about the ordeal, um, you know, we've been having uh, making food at home a lot, which we did anyway, um, prior to all this weirdness. But we've taken advantage of some of the places delivering that don't normally uh-huh. deliver, you know, and they do the yeah. no contact delivery, which is cool. Well, the other day, I uh, there was a knock on the door and it was the mailman. And so he knocks on the door. And he steps back away from the door. Well, I got three dogs. So I got to step out of the door when somebody comes to the door. I can't just stand there inside my house with the door open. You know how that is. And uh-huh. one of them will run and you won't see him again for a month. And um, that's the joke here in Texas. If your dog runs away, it's so flat you can watch him run away for a week. You know, <laughs> um, but... So he knocks and I go to the door and I, I step out of the door and I'm making it very obvious that I don't want to be near him because I'm staying hugged up against my door. Right. And closing it real tightly behind me. And he goes, sir, stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there, sir. Stay right there. And I'm like, good grief, dude. Calm down. And I, I looked directly at him and was like, trust me, I don't want to get near you. I, I don't know why you're yelling at me and he the reason he came to the door i had to sign for something and i'm like you know with all this going on if you're that worried that i'm going to get near you come up with a new way to do this you know <laughs> the the post office should come up with a new way yell at me through my door hey is your name adam i'm going to sign for you and then leave it he ended up yeah. signing for me So all he was doing, he wanted me to come out there and then yell at me to not get close to him just to say, hey, are you Adam Ballinger? Me go, yeah. And him go, I'm going to leave this basically here in your bushes and you can come dig through the bushes when I walk away.
1: (laughs) I'm telling you, man, it's
0: it's scary. It's scary out there. It is. It's terrifying. Which, I mean, all of this. Uh, to lead up to what we're talking about tonight. But before we get into that, first, we want to thank Podbelly, Podbelly podbelly.com, a great podcast network to be affiliated with. Go check them out for podcasting needs or to find new shows. Also want to thank Jeff for helping us out with the information for tonight and doing some of the research for us and and helping us dig up some of this stuff. It helps us out a whole lot, uh, and we appreciate that, Jeff, very much.
1: Yeah, cuz we we put this together fast.
0: Oh, yeah. And we couldn't I mean, have done we, it without him helping, so.
1: We we uh we we worked this episode in a much shorter time frame than we typically do. We normally so we, have our episodes We appreciate episodes, the help, Jeff.
0: Yeah, we normally have our episodes planned out, you know, several months in advance or so, and then we work our way through the the research and the editing and yada, yada, yada. And this one, we, were, we called an audible and we wanted to get this one in pretty quick. And so Jeff was able to come through and help us out, uh, knock some of this out. So let, let's let get into it. And Matt and I know that we're not the first people to do an episode on this topic. And Graveyard Tales is not usually known for topical episodes. Right. But this is an interesting enough topic, and it ties into a lot of the shows that we've done previously. So you ask, why are we doing an episode on this now? Well, recently, Kim Kardashian West tweeted to her 64 million followers that there was a passage from a 2008 book that partially predicted the outbreak of the novel coronavirus COVID-19. So, Matt, what are we talking about tonight, brother?
1: So, tonight, we are going to dig into the prediction and predictions from Sylvia Brown. Yeah. Now, the, the book that Adam is referring to uh, was entitled End of Days published in 2008 and it does have a passage in there that a lot of people and Kim Kardashian West included have taken as a accurate prediction of the novel coronavirus known as COVID-19 so we're we're going to we're going to pick this apart a, you know a little bit we're we're not trying to make this the coronavirus show we're we're going to pick apart this prediction um we we are going to get into a little bit of medical stuff um but, but then we're going to pick apart the the rest of Sylvia's predictions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that, so. that's the main reason for this episode is Sylvia, and it just happens to tie in topically to COVID nineteen. But it just yeah, it, it, it
1: just made sense to do this, right. and uh, so when Adam pitches this to me, he says, "Can we put this together? You think we could do this?" I was like, "Well, yeah, we can do this." So. Uh, so, so 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 yeah so we're, we're, we're gonna do this you know we're, we're gonna talk about this prediction we're, we're gonna talk a little bit about why it might have been accurate, uh, why it's not necessarily accurate but, but then we're like I said we're gonna we're gonna go into um, how inaccurate Sylvia Brown could be. Um, and then we're gonna let you decide uh, just and like we, we always did. do. <laughs> All right, so let's
0: look into this. Who was Sylvia Brown? Well, Sylvia is a very polarizing topic and a hot button issue for a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, she's considered very controversial by many people that you talk to or you even mention her name to people. And if you. They know anything about her. They have an immediate reaction to just her name. Well, Sylvia Celeste Brown was born October 19th, 1936, and she died November 20th, 2013. Now, she was an American author who claimed to be a medium with psychic abilities, and she has been channeling a specific spirit, Francine, since the 1960s. Now, she appeared regularly on television and radio, including the Montel Williams Show and Larry King Live, and she hosted an hour-long online radio show on Hay House Radio. All right, Matt, so let's take a quick second and talk about tonight's sponsor, Best Fiends. Now, Best Fiends is a fantastic palate cleanser when you need an... uh, Uh, the occasional break from something like work or this whole quarantine thing of staying at home and you just want to think about something else, Uh, Best Fiends is a great puzzle and problem solving game that you can jump into. And I know a whole bunch of our Graveyard Tales members play Best Fiends because we're, you know, connected on Best Fiends um, through the app. And Ashley and I play all the time every night. And Matt, I know you and Amanda play all the time
1: we do and uh, amanda's really good she's a lot better than i am she's probably close to uh she's somewhere in the 900s now oh I'm, wow i'm i'm still somewhere in the 80s <laughs> <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> she's smoking you there
1: yeah so but uh but yeah anytime i turn around and amanda's looking at her phone i know she's playing best fiends so you can too Uh, engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters trust me with over a hundred million downloads this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play now you can download best fiends free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends again that's friends without the r
0: best fiends So she, she was very much in the public eye, and that, that's why so many people have an opinion on her. She she wasn't one of these that doesn't like fame, and that's just doing it because that's the gift they have been given.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: she She wants to be out there.
1: Some people are just born entertainers.
0: Yeah, you can say that. So she authored over 40 books, many of which were staples on the New York Times bestseller list. So again, very much in the public eye. Now, Brown started to give psychic readings in 1974, and as of 2008, she charged, get this, $750 for a 20 to 30 minute telephone session.
1: She's not even she's not even looking at you.
0: No. It's over the phone. 750. You don't even get a full hour. You may not even get a full half hour. You get 20 minutes for $750. That is insane.
1: I mean, I, you know, I mean, I can remember I can remember watching TV in the eighties and seeing the ads for the psychic hotline. Do you yes, remember that Yes and it was like what like 4 it was like $4 for the first minute and 6.99 each additional minute which yeah and i thought that was know, expensive yeah but i mean even at 30 minutes you're you're not going to wind up with a $700 phone bill
0: absolutely not
1: i mean i mean if you if you got $700 worth of the psychic hotline i mean you 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 were really getting into it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but here's the thing. I mean, if if any of y'all out there want to talk to me for $750, I'll give you a full hour for $750. I won't give you any predictions or anything. Um, I can do a tarot card reading for you or whatever, uh, promising nothing. But if you want to give me $750, I'll talk to you on the phone. I mean, geez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about whatever you want. No joke. I won't lead the conversation either. You can tell me all you want to. It doesn't matter. You pick for $750. (laughs) Good grief. Well, in 1986, Sylvia founded a Gnostic Christian church in Campbell, California, that was known as the society of Novus spiritus. So she's taking her readings into spiritualism. Now, um, she was also head of the Sylvia Brown Corporation and Sylvia Brown Enterprises. In a 2010 interview, Brown's business manager said that her business earned $3 million per year.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's amazing.
0: Yep. And to go from psychic readings on Montel... To making three million dollars a year—that's just—that's wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, imagine how many non-filter pellmells she could buy with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey,
0: go watch videos of her, and you'll understand that joke. <laughs> Now, this says, quote, a psychic reading with Sylvia is very much like meeting a long lost friend whom you love deeply, making your soul glad to make contact again. And this is from an archived version of her psychic readings page. Um, It says, quote, she reaches into your soul, washes out the pain, repairs the damage, then gives you the courage and direction to continue your journey through life. Now, this wasn't attributed to anybody in particular. This was just on her own archived page. So that makes you wonder if she wrote it.
1: (laughs) If she wrote it.
0: What what would sound good about me? Let me say something good about me and I'll say somebody else said
1: it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's funny.
0: Yeah, If you can't tell by our comments between passages here, Matt and I don't hold Sylvia in high regard.
1: (laughs) It's an understatement.
0: <laughs> being diplomatic at the beginning here, Matt, being diplomatic. <laughs> um, we'll get into why we don't here in a little bit, but just know that that that's the reason we're commenting the way we are. Um, we don't find ourselves fond of her. You ask, okay, what was the prediction that got her into the news recently well in her 2008 book end of days as matt said she said quote in around 2020 a severe pneumonia like illness will spread throughout the globe attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes and resisting all known treatments almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived attack again 10 years later then disappear completely so, I mean, that, that, that sounds pretty interesting, right, mm-hmm. off of yeah. what we know so far. Now, there's a quote from SheKnows.com, and it says, It's difficult to find much proof of what Sylvia Brown got right. She did pre- predict in the beginning that Arnold Schwarzenegger would run for political office before his campaign for governor of California. She also predicted that two people would be arrested for the Oklahoma City bombings. She prophesized that John Benet Ramsey case would never be solved and that Madonna would have another kid by a different man. Well, it's probably fair to say anyone could have made those last two predictions.
1: Yeah, I mean the the yeah, the last two for sure. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. was kind of like uh, okay, you know, I don't I don't know that that's really a prediction. Um I I don't know. I mean, I I think it was it was kind of thought that um, Timothy McVeigh didn't act alone. That was kind of a hard, hard thing to pull off by yourself, right? Um, You know, so maybe it was maybe it was common sense at that point. Um, You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, look, you know, wouldn't have been it wasn't the first time that California elected an actor as governor. So, I mean, yep. Um you know, so uh you know, you 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 look at these and you could say, Okay, they were educated guesses. Um and she got lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I these aren't earth shattering things to me. Um, you know, they're just I mean, I bet there were probably hundred thousand people that probably said the same thing that were not claiming to have some kind of psychic insight right um but you know who knows
0: well benjamin radford is a skeptic from the center for inquiry and he did a big piece on her which we're going to be referencing a lot during this episode um because we think he summed it up pretty well um we'll be interjecting our own opinions throughout as we go but he said, there's a lot packed into these two sentences, so let's parse this out. He said, first, we have an indefinite date range, in around 2020. And this depends on how loosely you interpret the word around. Brown doesn't write in 2020, which would narrow it down to one calendar year. She writes in around. Now, this grammatically awkward construction suggests to the editor in me that that she or her editor added the word "around" in a later draft to make it more general, or uh, uh, which is a typical technique for people like her, um, the 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 ones that play the the games, the cold readers out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they make it general enough, you'll go, "Yeah, that that that's exactly right. it." Right. You right. Know, yeah. 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 My my husband, my husband, late husband's name was Dave. <laughs> yeah, that was it.
1: No, it it rhymed with that. So yeah. you
0: know, <laughs> it rhymed with philanthropy. Yeah, yeah. Harry rhymes with philanthropy. That was his uh-huh, name. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm getting off here. Um. Now. <laughs> What, quote, around 2020 means varies by subjective criteria and could plausibly include a range of plus or minus three or more years. So most people would probably agree that 2017, 18, 19, 21, 22, and 2023 are all around 2020, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So agree any,
0: any of these years, and he said, using this range, we see that Brown spread is over seven or more years, which is well over half a decade.
1: Yeah. But I find it interesting that 2020 is the year that is published. Right. Which, you know, that's, that is the part of it that, you know, kind of makes me go, huh? Well, look, look at this, you know, because if, if I say, in and around and then I but I quote a specific year and the specific year is when it occurs or mm-hmm. just just prior going from in into two thousand twenty from two thousand nineteen, I'm like, okay, that's pretty accurate.
0: Right. That's and what I, I was about to I, say. Is that we learned about it in twenty nineteen, so technically it is in and around twenty twenty.
1: Exactly. So I I gotta say this part of it is right. You know, I, I you know, R- Radford may not agree, but, or, or just say that it was vague enough that she happened to capture it in a wide net. But I, I look at it to say, okay, this part of it is right. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll give it that much. But, you know, if you, if you, if you look at all of the, I don't want to say conspiracy. I, th- I think a lot of this is just the the oddities. If 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 you if you subscribe to enough websites or or Facebook groups or anything, you you've seen this thing come around where there's you know every ten years there's some kind of illness mm-hmm. that that crops up. I've seen some that it's like it's every election year in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. things like that. You can. You can make things fit into any kind of format.
0: Given a long enough time period, you can parse out a date range to make something happen in, yeah. if you're looking yeah. at enough data.
1: Exactly. And, and you know, conspiracy theorists are really good at that. Um, you know, it at casting a wide net, but drawing very narrow conclusions. Mm-hmm. And, you know if if she put this much thought into writing this book to say, you know, I'm I'm looking at history, the the chances of something like this happening were pretty good. Yep. You know, and I mean, you know, this isn't like a pamphlet. I mean, it's a it's a thick book. You know, so she may have not really given a whole lot of credence. I mean, this isn't like an entire chapter of this book that yep. we're talking about. We're it's talking a about essentially a paragraph. Yep. Um, so we we really can't say because, you know, Sylvia is not around anymore. It, what, you know, what she put behind that single paragraph. Right. So th- this is where I think that, and, and we'll get into this more in a minute, but I, this is where I think... That's the casting of the wide net to draw a narrow conclusion. Sure. You know, sure. that's what we're seeing. You know, we're, we're looking at at history and then we're we're going to narrow it down and just kind of pick a year and go, yeah, it looks good. You know, right. if it's wrong, nobody will talk about it. You know, if it happens to be right, you know, I look like a genius. Right. Well, and, you know, with all of hey,
0: Matt and I were, were looking at all this. Data and everything that we compiled here. And it's not that this prediction of hers was so far off that is what made us want to do this episode. The reason we're doing this episode is because this singular prediction is pretty damn close.
1: Yeah. Close but enough to make people start noticing it. Right. But what then
0: continued the, yeah, let's do this episode, is everything else that we look at in her life that we just had to, like, Matt and I morally couldn't let this go, this statement go and spread and everything to the graveyard without you guys knowing everything that we could dig up about Sylvia Brown. Within the hour and a half, two hour time frame that we have, you know. Um, But speaking of where will it go, um, Radford goes on to say, well, where will this go? According to Brown, he says it will, quote, will spread throughout the globe, attacking the lungs and the bronchial tubes. And he said COVID-19 has now indeed spread throughout the globe, um, though the phrase attacking the lungs and bronchial bronchial tubes isn't a prediction, but merely restates any pneumonia-like illness. So I get that. But if, again, if people don't know what pneumonia is, that's what this is doing. So she is, yeah, she's restating it, but she's doing it for clarification, I, I feel like, in this statement.
1: Yeah, and I mean, he he goes on, you know, saying that, you know, COVID-19 is is not... A, a severe pneumonia-like illness, though it can, in some cases, lead to pneumonia. Now, that's that's uh, Radford speaking there. Now, I do take a little bit of issue uh, with Radford on this because mm-hmm. it's not clear whether he's emphasizing the severe part or the pneumonia-like part. Now, in reality, COVID-19 is pneumonia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. And it's, it's just pneumonia that's caused by a virus. And its severity varies by individuals. Now, most of these infected, according to Radford, about 80% have mild symptoms and recover just fine. And the disease has a mortality rate. At the time he wrote this, between 2 and 4%. If you look at the numbers today, and this I think this article was published on the 20th of March, if you look at the numbers today it's it's actually closer to six percent now mm-hmm. um so it it's it's going up you know um, but if if you're if you're thinking about this or or if if Sylvia's intent was to say that this was gonna be some kind of global plague that was gonna wipe out a large portion of the human race it's it's definitely not that i right. mean we we know that much we've got too many people that are recovering. That it, it's not, this is not, you know, a, an extinction level event. Um, but Radford goes on to say that there are two types of coronaviruses, severe acute respiratory syndrome, or SARS as we know it, and Middle East respiratory syndrome, um, sometimes referred to as MERS. Um, they can both cause severe respiratory infections. And Radford goes on to say, but COVID-19 is not among them it goes both SARS and MERS are far more deadly now again this is true to an extent but if if we're gonna if we're gonna pick this thing apart let's keep it fair and put things in perspective i agree now as of january 2020 the world health organization had identified 2519 cases of mers Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, since they identified it in 2012, with 866 deaths, okay, let those numbers sink in. Just a little over 2,500 cases of MERS since 2012, 866 deaths. High percentage on that. That's fewer cases for sure. But that's one out of every three. Mm-hmm. You know, a one out of three mortality rate? That's yeah, scary. That, that's dangerous. Okay? And 80% of those cases occurred within Saudi Arabia. And the the two um, U.S. cases were actually healthcare professionals that were working in Saudi Arabia at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, SARS was tracked. All the way back to November of two thousand two, with over eight thousand cases and seven hundred and seventy-four deaths. But this, and and I didn't know this, but th- this this is a kick. This is a kicker right here. There have been no reported cases of SARS since two thousand four. Now that's according to the CDC, right? Now according to current data, there are now when and I'll be honest, I wrote this on two days ago, okay?
0: Things change quickly.
1: In two days, this number has changed, okay? So two days ago, it was just over 1.4 million. Today, 1.5. And it'll be even
0: more when this episode drops.
1: Right. So 100,000 more cases in 48 hours worldwide with nearly 82,000 deaths. Now, that number today had topped
0: 90,000. And just kind of lifting the veil real quick for you guys. Yeah. We are recording this on April 9th of 2020. So, you can kind of look back in your logs and and see when this drops, what the difference is, and, and then extrapolate the data from there.
1: Exactly. That that currently puts it at a mortality rate of just under 6% or right at it. So now, like I said at the beginning, I didn't want this to be the coronavirus show. That's not what it's about, but you know, I can't help it. So here, here here's some knowledge that I'm, I'm throwing in at at no extra charge. So uh, according to the CDC, there are actually seven coronaviruses that can infect humans. With SARS, MERS, and COVID nineteen being animal viruses that mutated to be able to infect humans, so mm-hmm. you know you can take that to the water cooler whenever we all get back to work. You know that you, that you know, <laughs> hey, there's actually seven coronaviruses, um, and three of them came from animals, and the most the most dangerous ones are the are, are the three that came from animals,
0: right. Because we don't have natural antibodies for those.
1: Right. So now back to the prediction. So Brown describes the illness as resisting all known treatments. Now, this one depends on how you look at it. Now, currently, we're not actually treating COVID-19. We're treating the symptoms, much like we do with the flu. Vaccines don't treat they help protect you from infection, but they don't always prevent it. But once you have it, the vaccine will not cure it. But Sylvia does say resisting all known treatments. There really aren't any known treatments yet. And treating the symptoms of fever, cough, shortness of breath has been effective in most cases. Right. You know, so on on this one, I would have to say... Eh, you know, I, it's it's or 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 maybe you could say we don't know yet, but I mean, we, we really don't have a treatment that is geared towards treating the virus. We're, like I sure. said, we're 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 treating the problems that are caused by the virus,
0: and in most um, cases, treating those problems ends with recovery, right? Of the per, in most cases, and in in a lot of cases, no, it doesn't, and and you succumb to it. But it's not resisting all known treatments,
1: right? And you know, it, with a lot of viruses, and I mean, how many how many times have have you gone to the doctor and you're like, man, I feel like crap. My you know, my chest is congested, my head hurts. You know, I'm just uh, And they look at you and they go, "It's a virus." And it's just going to have to run its course. I'm
0: tough. Suck it up, buttercup.
1: They don't give you antibiotics, you know, th- because antibiotics work against bacteria, not viruses, you know, so they just kind of tell you, you know, go home, uh, you know, take cough medicine if you're coughing, you know, take a decongestant if you're stuffy, you know, here, here's something to help with a fever, but it's not bacterial, so the antibiotics aren't going to work. Right, that's essentially what we're doing with this, you know, so um like you said I, I i don't i don't know I don't know that we can say that that's accurate
0: right, as now, of this moment, it's not
1: right now now, Brown goes on with almost more baffling than the illness itself will be the fact that it will suddenly vanish as quickly as it arrived attack again in 10 year attack again 10 years later and then disappear completely now this remains to be seen but as far as the illness being baffling that would indicate that the medical science really doesn't understand it but they they do understand it in in respect that they know where it came from apart from any conspiracy theories that you may be you know uh, holding on to and how it's transmitted they also understand how viral epidemics occur and covid-19 has pretty much followed suit. Um, hence this, you know, monotonous use of the term flatten the curve. Um, right. The whole idea of flattening the curve is because medical science understands how an epidemic works. You know, mm-hmm. we, we see the spike, we, we begin to see the plateau and then we see the decline and that's what they're looking for. That that's why we're all staying at home. That's why we're practicing social distancing. That's why we're, you know, dousing ourselves in hand sanitizer and washing our hands every 5 <laughs> minutes and um, you know, talking talking to the mailman from the door as he's freaking out because you're getting too close. <laughs> this yeah, is right. why we're doing this because we understand how these viruses are transmitted. Medical science understands this. And and so that's what we're trying to do.
0: And if you're, you know, if you want to talk about her thing of disappearing to never show back up again, Matt just said the original SARS we haven't seen in what twelve years now? Right, uh, sixteen 16 years. Yeah, yeah, sixteen years. My math was off. Sorry about that. I don't math good. Um, you don't again, drink that's and That's why derive. I does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that is possible if, yeah. if this being this being considered SARS two, it is possible that it could go away. And we won't see it again.
1: And and never come back.
0: However, one of Adam's theories, conspiracy theories here, it's possible we could have COVID season like we have flu season. It's very possible.
1: And that theory has been put out, you know, by medical professionals. I mean, that that, that idea has been presented that this could be like the flu where it has a season and it comes and it goes. and, And then, you know, we try to vaccinate against it. But, but here's the thing about the baffling part. If over the next few days or weeks, new cases drastically just drop off and disappear, now that would be baffling because that's not what we expect. But I think if it follows suit like it has up to this point, then it's not baffling. So I, I got to say, on this, I, I I think it's off. I I, I don't. I I, right. I would I, I wouldn't attest to this being a, you know a prediction of it. It doesn't fit. Okay, like I said, we're we're nitpicking this thing, but you know that's what we do. Um, right. I, I I do think we have to consider the idea of Brown's prediction a, instead of picking apart her verbiage. You know, she does say twenty twenty, like we mentioned before, and I mean, you know, the whole in and around thing does give her some leeway. But still, 2020 was in the text. So what about predicting any type of pandemic? You know, what if she said there will be an illness that will spread globally around the year 2020? Could she just have guessed that? You know, could she have just said, this sounds like a good, good time, you know? Um, okay, 2020, there's going to be a really bad illness. It's going to spread globally. Um, and, and left it at that. I think yeah, we'd still vague. be having we'd still be having this conversation, and we might not be nitpicking it. We'd be going, "Wow, how did she know?" Um, right. But you know, bold predictions get headlines when they're correct or even close to being correct. So it wouldn't really benefit her to be real wishy washy about this. Everyone remembers the one you got nearly right, but no one pays that much attention to the loads of wrong ones Mm -hmm.
0: except graveyard tales
1: except graveyard tales and (laughs) i predict that adam is going to tell us about some big ones that sylvia did indeed get wrong
0: matt you are a better psychic than sylvia brown (laughs) So the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry published an article in March of 2010 that studied 115 of Brown's predictions related to criminal cases. Now, She was real big on helping out the police forces and, and stuff in, during criminal investigations. So that's what she is most known for mm-hmm. and what, what you'll see most of her predictions revolve around. Now, they found 25 to be completely wrong, and the remaining cases had no available details or remained unsolved, so there's no way to prove Brown's accuracy or lack thereof. But here's some other predictions that she got incorrect. Now, in the book, she predicts that IRAs, mutual funds, retirement plans, and the stock market itself will not exist by 2020. Guess what? They still do. They're still here.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: She also claimed that most upscale homes would have robots by 2015 and that Pope Benedict would be the final pope. I don't have a robot. Uh,
1: yeah, mm. and I'm I, i kind of curious about the, the whole final pope thing. Were they just going to do away with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, how yeah, would we that don't need. Happen? We don't need one now. You know what, Pope Benedict, you did such a good job, we don't need another one following you, you know? (laughs) Hey, I I got it, I got it. Every upscale home would have a robot, so Pope Benedict would be the last one. The Vatican is a pretty upscale dwelling, so they would have a robot pope, is what she's saying. They would just uh, program (laughs) Pope Benedict into a robot. Oh, no. Right? That's not what she said? (laughs) I, maybe I was wrong on that, oh, Whatever. whatever. Um, she was also wrong about a cure for ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease by 2014. Um, the existence of anti-obesity pills also by 2014 and the end of invasive surgery by 2015 and a cure for blindness by 2020. So she had a lot of predictions about the medical field here, Um in 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 her lifetime and, and none of them have come true we do not have a cure for Lou Gehrig's disease we do not have anti-obesity pills unless you consider the ones that you get on the street corner in most cities from a shady looking fellow with a big trench coat
1: we got plenty of diet pills out there
0: yeah but it doesn't work that well though trust me i'm on eight different kinds right now and they're not working um And we still have invasive surgery. You know, that was supposed to end five years ago. So she was way off on a lot of these things. Now, this goes on to say just before, quote, predicting a disease superficially similar to COVID-19, Brown predicted a previous epidemic for 2010. This one involving a flesh eating disease transmitted by microscopic mites burrowed in the feathers of imported exotic birds now before i go on any further with this i looked it up i wanted to see okay so <laughs> when was the bird flu to see if maybe it was around and maybe she just got the thing wrong no no she's way yeah. off wasn't she that either about that 20 didn't years eat, off
1: need your flesh
0: no i thought you know maybe she just was somehow seeing a bird and she thought, "Oh, it's going to be something like this," but it was something different. No, she was she would have been twenty years off from the bird flu thing.
1: So i I also looked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked up um, necrotizing fasciitis, which which became more well known, I'd say, in the last twenty years, and we have had cases that have popped up. You know, multiple cases that where people got it, uh, from water parks and the ocean. I I
0: remember those. Yeah.
1: Okay. And so that's happened in the last few years. Um, but you know, the thing about necrotizing fasciitis is it, it is known. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it certainly wasn't, you know, widespread, um, And it is treatable with antibiotics.
0: Right. Which is funny because in her prediction, she goes on to say that antibiotics wouldn't work on this disease. Right. um, And that doctors would discover that a, quote, combination of electrical currents and extreme heat would be the thing that did the trick. And I'm glad that that didn't happen.
1: (laughs) And I even looked up that and I couldn't I couldn't find anything. Where electric electric current and extreme heat were used to treat necrotizing Anything? fasciitis, which you know is the is the only real flesh eating, sure, yeah. bacteria that you know that that I knew of right off the top of my head. You know, there there may be others, but they they would be much more rare. You know, yeah. honestly, I mean, well, like, and
0: it, I mean when I read that. I I just, I thought of rednecks because it was like, Hey, Marge, get the truck matter and some jumper cables and I need the hot water bottle. I got that flesh eating thing. <laughs> Let's hook me up and, and start that car. It, it's the only thing that cures it. High, high heat. I need your hot water bottle. And if you don't remember what the hot water bottle is, go ask your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but that... Yeah, I, electrical currents and extreme heat. Jeez. OK, so to continue this, um, it says maybe Brown's most infamous wrong prediction involved the 2002 kidnapping of Sean Hornbeck. On a 2003 episode of the Montel Williams show, Brown said that 11 year old boy was kidnapped by a, quote, Hispanic looking man with dark skin and dreadlocks. She went on to add that it was too late for the boy. His dead body would be found next to, quote, two jagged boulders. Well, Hornbeck was found alive in 2007 and had been kidnapped by a white man. So according to Sean's parents, police diverted their search based on Brown's prediction, while Brown offered further consultation on the kidnapping for
1: $700 an hour. And so this this was a case where her prediction was problematic, to say the least. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it delayed um, good police work to 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 locate someone. Yeah, you know, it several years, off track because they they put stock in what she was saying. Now, you know, in two thousand two. Uh, Brown told the parents of Holly Cruson, once again on the Montel Williams show, who had vanished seven years earlier that their daughter was alive and working as a stripper in Los Angeles. N- news that nobody wants to hear. Sure. But even worse, Holly was actually already dead and her body was unidentified in a San Diego morgue. So, you know, this this whole idea that You know, she promoted. I'm not. I'm not putting words in her mouth. You know, I've seen her say this on multiple interviews. While looking at this stuff, that she says she told Larry King, "I speak to the dead." Well, if she's talking to the dead, you know she she missed missed this girl's call. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, this would have this would have been a situation where she should have been able to say if if she was as you know accurate as she claimed to be. She should have been able to at least come up with this one to right. be able to tell these parents, no, your your daughter is already dead.
0: Right. And we want to make this fairly clear that and and most of you guys who, who have listened to us through the hundred plus episodes that we've done, you know that we we feel that mediumship is a thing. We have friends we who are mediums and We hundred percent agree that some people have gifts. Some people know things that most of us should not know. where they where they get this understanding we don't know. But Matt and I feel like Sylvia Brown is not one of these people. Yeah. And if she has some of it, she has made so many incorrect predictions, my neighbor decided to rev up his engine right then. If that's if you hear that, um, it is Texas after all. Yeehaw, big engines. Um, she's using her platform to basically steal money from people. She's misleading police departments. She's hurting families, and she's taking seven hundred dollars an hour from these people that are hurting, that are wanting an answer, and and she's selling shams to them.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's it's not just mediumship where this occurs. I mean, it happens in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody has the cure-all. Somebody has the answer. Yep.
0: I mean, snake oil salesman. That's
1: exactly right. That's where I was going, snake oil salesman. I mean somebody that's got this is a miracle cure for this. This is going to this is going to you know fix your baldness or this is going to make you taller or this is going to you know cure your depression or it's going to make your grass grow or get rid of moles or whatever. You know, we've got centuries of this stuff. So it, it it's not that we're singling out mediumship i mean there are there are people that literally are astonished by what happens to them and and don't understand it they embrace it they they do what they can to help but they don't exploit people exactly with, you know false claims and hopes and you know these kind of stories just point out that that really is what was going on here at least right. to Adam and I and again these are our opinions you know we're we're certainly not trying to just drag someone's name through the mud what we're presenting to you guys is what we were able to find as factual documentation right and we didn't want we're not making up stories for y'all we're not we're not just you know blowing her off you know we're we're presenting this as you know this this is what this is what she said and this is what the truth was (laughs) right and you know you, you can make your own judgment on this
0: right and we didn't want you guys to come across that prediction being tweeted out there by, you know, 65 million people and to go, holy crap, she was right. Right. And, and she was amazing and everything. We want to present to you all of the facts. Yes, she may have gotten pretty close or is right about her prediction from 2008 talking about the current situation that we're in now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but she had a lot of other stuff that she was wrong about.
1: Yeah. And and just to touch on a few more of these. Um, also in 2012, Brown predicted that the missing woman, Linda McClellan, would be found alive in Orlando, Florida. McC- McClellan's remains were instead found near a home in Pennsylvania. Um, and the murderer, who happened to be McClellan's son-in-law, appeared on the Montel Williams show alongside Brown as she made the wrong prediction. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, and, and one one more of these. 2004, Brown told the mother of Amanda Berry, who was kidnapped at age 17, that her daughter was dead and was, quote, in water. Now, two years after appearing with Brown on the Montel Williams show, Amanda's mother, Luana Miller, died of heart failure. In 2013, Amanda escaped from the home of serial kidnapper Ariel Castro with the daughter she had born in captivity. Okay? I mean the the list it goes on and on. Um but but here's some that that Sylvia predicted at the beginning of 2000. Um she had multiple predictions for that year. Now just like this, the one we led at, led into with the show, they were vague enough to be disputable, but some of them were just out and out wrong. Uh, American Airlines did not merge with Alaska Airlines that she predicted. Uh, flat tax policies did not become a major political issue. Internet pornography was not made subject to harsh regulations, and that that is that still holds true today. Thank um, goodness. oh man Uh, (laughs) oh god that threw (sighs) me off (laughs) but she also predicted that los angeles would have a magnitude 5.3 earthquake she said NASA would not cut back on space shuttle launches because of damage to the ozone layer. Um, Branson, Missouri, did not experience a big uprising in response to some kind of polluted waste hazard. Uh, a train crash. Branson,
0: Missouri, hasn't had much of an uprising about anything.
1: I, I know. It's, you know, Branson, Missouri is what it is. It's Branson, Missouri. It's, you know, there's towns like that all over the place. Um. Bill Bradley did not win the 2000 election. David Letterman did not retire from the late show, but she was correct about one. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston got married. Hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I, I realized that you guys are, are pulling your jaws up off the floor, but, but she was able to accurately, you know, predict that Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt would get married.
0: You know, And even a blind squirrel gets a nut occasionally.
1: I'm telling you now she, she would go on. She, she incorrectly predicted in 2004 that Osama bin Laden was dead after previously predicting that he would be found hiding in a cave, which also turned out to be untrue. Um, she, in 2005, she predicted Michael Jackson would be convicted of child sexual abuse. He was not, he was acquitted on all counts. Um, and in and that same interview she predicted that we were going to be visited by aliens around 2015 and they'd arrive in a ship as a group i wish so you know yeah me too um she even got her prediction of her own death wrong on larry king live predicting that she would die live to the age of 88 and she died at age 77 um you know and you may say, Matt, you know why, why are you harping on this? You know, on, on all these wrong predictions. You know, I, I'll tell you why. Because had she said nothing about it, nobody would care. Mm-hmm. Had she said, "I think that this might happen," and it didn't, nobody would care. But the fact that she she went on national television, she wrote best-selling books, and, and claimed to have some type of insight to this
0: and made all that money and made off of all it.
1: that money off of it and and yet the the list of inaccurate predictions just i mean it, it's as inaccurate as me waving my hand and slapping my mic stand just now <laughs> <laughs> it could happen randomly uh, you know so like adam said we, we we dug into these for you guys so that Anybody that's that's taken this one prediction as oh my god, this woman had some type of, of ability to predict the current outbreak that, that we are suffering from right now, I just gotta say it was it was a shot in the dark and and she 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 just she grazed the target at best. Mm-hmm. I mean, and- you know. There are some compelling things about it, but they're not compelling enough for me to believe that the rest of that book has any validity at all.
0: Right. And so that you guys know, it's not just Matt and I who feel this way. We, we know several other mediums who do not go out and make all this money and claim all the things that she claims and all that. And they feel that she was um, a charlatan as well on most of her stuff. And one thing was pointed out to me that I thought was very interesting that kind of goes to show you this was not just Sylvia making this type of prediction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Dean Koontz, who is a fiction horror writer um, and been writing books for a long time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he wrote a book in February of 1981 called the eyes of darkness now in it he says quote they call the stuff wuhan 400 because it was developed at their R D N A dna labs outside the city of wuhan and it was a 400th viable strain of man-made microorganisms created at that research center now i don't believe that dean kuntz predicted the virus You know, because it goes on to describe a whole lot of things about this other Wuhan 400 that are not, I mean, it's not at all what we're going through right now. But one thing, could Sylvia have read that book and said, you know what? That sounds like a great prediction. I'm going to pick a year for that and made it and Mm -hmm. put it in her book Mm -hmm. because that was 20 something, 30 years after he wrote his book, she decided to do this. You know, or is it just, again, it's you're putting stuff together and there's a lab in Wuhan. And so that's why Kunt said, well, it start from there. He just picks some random, um, some random lab in some random city around the world to write about. And that's where it is. And it's a, a paragraph in his whole book. You know, I feel like that's what Sylvia did. She, a paragraph within her whole book of predictions, and because what we're dealing with seems to go to, to line up with that quite dramatically, then we say, oh, she predicted it. Had Dean Kuntz been more right? Had there been something that escaped from the Wuhan thing? I, now, I know this is coming from, you know, China and all that. We, I, we get that. But had it been, like in his book, intentionally leaked and it was the 400th man-made strain and blah, 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 blah we would be saying now that Dean Kuntz mm-hmm. predicted this and that he is a psychic and he predicted what we're going through now.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in coincidences, but stuff like this is bound to happen. Sure. You know, you're 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 going to have things that are, that are written or talked about and they happen. I I think a lot of that is, is why talking about the, the Simpsons and Matt Groening being able to predict the future, you know, if if you come up with enough stuff, uh, eventually something is bound to happen that, you know, makes it click. I mean, you know, it's the same idea. I mean, if, you know, one of one of my favorite writers was Michael Crichton and, and and he wrote about a lot of science and and medical things that either were were new or avant garde at the time or were just a part of his own imagination. And, you know, some of those things I mean, you know, really we 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 don't have dinosaurs walking around. I mean, we, mm. we have, we have not, we have not re regenerated dinosaurs from frog DNA. Um, but if you, if you enjoy the show Westworld, um, you know, th- the original movie, that's all based on a, a story by Michael Crichton, um, where, you know, a theme park, you know, was inhabited by, you know, Android actors mm. that turned against the visitors you know and and you know we haven't really seen that either um but if we did you know somebody would go along and go oh my god you know michael crichton predicted the future back in the 70s
0: right well and there's
1: not really (laughs) you know i mean he just he had an idea and it just so happened that it you know 40 years later it it somehow came to fruition
0: Yeah, it's reality paralleling fiction is what it is. Yeah. Um, And, you know, there is a website, and I don't remember the name of it, and I'm not going to go try to find it. So if you want to find this website, you can. But there is a website that has so much data in it, if a sentence has been written or will ever be written, it's in this website. I'm, I'm not kidding. You can find, you know, pick a pick a sentence from Shakespeare and it will be on this website. And it's because it, it has an algorithm that has put every possible combination of words and phrases and sentences and everything together, and you can find it written down. So it, it's not like it's a magic spell. It's an algorithm. Yeah. And so it, it's just going to show that, that like... We used to say when I was in a band, you cannot write an original, ly- uh, an original lyric or an original set of notes, because if you play this phrase, it someone else will have played it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. music has been around for so long yeah. that you know you play this. It could have been a, a, a Mozart piece, it could have been a Green Day piece, whatever. It's you're not going to come up with anything new. And it's just like in writing, it, it anything could be written and has been written, so the future may parallel what someone has written, and, and that does not mean that they're predicting the future.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, I, I saw an interesting thing just the other day. It said that there are so many variations when you shuffle a deck of cards of how they could end up that there is the distinct possibility that when you shuffle a deck of cards, that's the only time that combination has ever actually occurred. That's wild. You know, so we say all that to say the the likelihood that Sylvia Brown had any insight into what is going on right now is really preposterous. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's my take on it that this paragraph was a chance happening. You know, Mm -hmm. if you you just make a statement like this and anything even remotely close happens, you're going to get people that are going to latch onto it and say, bingo. What we wanted to do with this show was not bash Sylvia Brown. We wanted to present to you guys how many how many times that this so-called psychic was wrong and Mm -hmm. not just wrong about little things about business and politics was wrong in telling families that their loved one was still alive or that their loved one was gone when they weren't right. And led led people astray so many times. And, you know, we, we're all about just presenting the facts. You, you be the judge. I mean, if, 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 if you hold to the fact that Sylvia Brown, you know, you, you remember watching her on daytime television and, and you thought she was, she was it. We're not out to offend you.
0: No. We're, we're no.
1: just presenting what we were able, what you guys would be able to go to the internet, research from reliable sources, and I and I mean we're not just this isn't a book report. I mean this information is repeated. It's ver. It's it, it, it's able to be verified. Th- right. This is really what ha- this is what she said. This is what really happened, and she was dead wrong. So why would we really think that she's right about this? You know, yep.
0: use our sources as a jumping off point. Go down to the bottom of the show notes. You can see where we got our information from and follow the breadcrumb trail from there. And, you know, see if you come up with anything different. But we think you're going to find basically what we found that, you know, she was. No matter what you think about her, she was about as right. On. I would say 99% of her predictions as Matt or I would be if we just got up there and started talking about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we did the same when we talked about Uri Geller. I mean, yes. we, we didn't pitch out a bunch of stuff that made us say, hey, Uri Geller, he's a real deal. We presented just as many things that he got dead wrong as we did that he seemed to get right. You know, I mean.
0: He just seemed to get a little bit more right. He than got a little more right than Sylvia she did. did.
1: You yeah. know? Um you know, but but like we do with with this show, we let you guys be the judge. Tell us what you think. I mean, if you think we're way off base, if you think all this all this pe- all this stuff that we were able to dig up and find um is you know, that we're dead wrong, let us know. Um if you if you can remember watching these shows and thinking, "Wow." You know, that woman telling her Uh, telling this lady that her, her grandmother's on the other side and she's telling her that it's okay to go ahead and get married to this guy and everything's going to work out, you know, great. You know, I mean, we just, Adam and I just don't buy it, you know? So, uh, so let us know. And all right. So the best place to do that is on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just go and search Graveyard Tales. Uh, you can check out our website, it's graveyardpodcast.com, and on our website, you can find out more about Adam and myself, you can listen to the show, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise, and you can become a patron, and we always like to thank the people that donate to the show. It really helps keep us going. Um, please go on Apple Podcast and rate and review us. It is the easiest way for us to make it up the charts. And it brings people into the graveyard. And it strokes Adam and my ego a little bit. Um, But until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard.
0: See you soon.